The Nerd and Tie Podcast is unsurprisingly a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts, from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, just go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right, for just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd say how cool you are, and we'd compliment those shoes that you are or are not wearing on what you may or may not have as feet as described by you. Just go to nerdandtie.com, click on the uh, sponsor stuff link in the menu, and follow the instructions there. Or you can contribute to our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, we are talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney+, Plus. our thoughts about it. We are talking about the first two episodes of Ms. Marvel that have premiered, and uh, season three of the Umbrella Academy is out on Netflix, and Celeste went to JFAX, and they have thoughts about what happened there, that plus a fun quiz in the mailbag on this episode of Nerd and Tie. Welcome to Nerd and Tie, the uh, only uh, <laughs> the only podcast on the internet with a dress code. I am one of your hosts, Trey Dorn. Joining me, as always, are the uh, splendiferous Gen Proc. What up? And the downright fountain of wisdom and apparently Michigan travel experience, Celeste Startwin. Hey, everybody. That's right. These are the same people who are always here. The names may have changed, but the humans haven't. That pretty much. Um, there's more uh, more info in uh, my one of my earlier YouTube videos this month, which you should just watch anyway because it's if, a really. If you go to nerdandtie.com, you can find uh, links to Celeste is Best on YouTube and subscribe to that. That show may have had a previous name, but it doesn't anymore. It has this name now, and you will love it if you liked the show before. If you weren't fond of the show before, you won't be fond of it now because literally nothing has changed, really. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> the the lighting and audio quality is better. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there's... um. I replaced the, uh, you you can't see it in the current video that's up, but in the next video that's going to be up, uh, you'll notice that I replaced um, the light in my studio with an LED light, so mm. it's much cleaner. Ooh, but fancy. yeah, it's I know, I'm moving up in the world. Yeah. But still in the basement. Um, <laughs> that was a joke about elevation. <laughs> Um, because I'm pretty sure that your studio is in your basement. Um, it is not. It's on oh. my. It's actually on the second floor. I, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I How you can tell I've never been in Celeste's house. It's not a good basement for recording. Oh well. All right. Anyways, my it's not a joke, great day for braining. Look, I am operating <laughs> on three hours of sleep, and the world is a nightmare. But we are endeavoring to make this podcast at least your small oasis away from the nightmare that is the current world. It's hard to believe that I'm the one who's been on the road for twelve hours this week. <laughs> it's uh, I yeah, I'm operating on about three hours of sleep because I uh just like 
I get insomnia sometimes and stuff happens. So mm. I uh, it's going to be a fun show. Um it's it's like a fever dream. It's like uh, I've been I've been goofing around with uh, that uh, um, the doll E mini uh, the version oh, no. of that image generator. <laughs> oh and, dear. Um, I think I I my favorite thing I've generated uh, this month so far was I generated a um, Star Wars movie poster starring Scott Bakula and Megan Fox. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's just it's been delightful. Like uh, I, I have generated Obi Wan Kenobi in a Walmart, and it is everything you could have hoped for. One uh, of my favorites I've seen was CCTV footage of Yoda robbing a store. I mean, it's so that's ridiculous. just what happens after you know. Well, I'm gonna. You don't to... have that George Lucas money coming in anymore. Just. Well, I'm definitely going to try to generate that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I have, I, yeah, it's, uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing a podcast right now, right? All right. We so are, in fact, doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the cover image for this episode uh, something I generate on the Doll E Mini uh, generator. Maybe it'll be Yoda robbing uh, a store. <laughs> On CCTV footage, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a Scott Bakula Star Wars poster. I don't know. We'll have to find out. You will find out if if well, I mean, you won't find out if you just listen to it in the feed like normal because you don't get to see the cover images on most podcasters. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the Nerd and Tie website when the episode is up, you will see it. If you go to the okay, so the first topic this episode <laughs> is wait, we have topics. We do, we do, we do, we do, we do. All right, so Obi-Wan Kenobi, the full season is out of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I I want to say, um, I want to say light spoilers are going to be in this review, but nothing huge or major, but I'm trying to figure out what constitutes a spoiler. Because... Um, any characters who you see from the trilogy, you know what happens to them already. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so it's I don't think it's a secret to know that Obi Wan Kenobi shows up in this, and in in the tri- we we have both a, a young Luke and a young Leia in here, and you know there's Bail Organa's in this, um, and uh, you know, we. <laughs> you know Owen Lars and Baru Lars are in this too and we have seen all of their canonical deaths in this franchise prior to this show airing right so yeah I mean like there were things though you did find some new aspects of the characters that you weren't expecting right right um... no but that's why I'm like it's obviously that's why I said light spoilers to a degree just because I think we have to be okay knowing that out of the characters that we know from the original trilogy they're all going to make it right like it's i mean yeah it's just you know like i you you didn't know going in that you were going to find out about max rebo's promiscuous history but it turns out he just i just want to point out that is a lie that's not a a liar um 
But Max okay, I was ready. It. I was ready to just accept it. You, <laughs> you know, I haven't seen the show, so I'm yeah, just like, no. oh yeah, that's totally really wild right. stuff. Just... Celeste and I have seen the whole see like the whole the whole um series, and so uh-huh. we and I, I keep wanting to say season, um, because uh, what's interesting is that so. Um, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series is based off of, originally there's going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi film, um, written by, I think, Stuart Beatty, um, wrote it, and, uh, that film script was what was, uh, he wasn't involved in the series at all beyond writing that original movie script, because they scrapped all the Star Wars side movies after Solo kind of fell flat, um, and uh, he he was he's credited on a few episodes just because um, they you know based the the plot of the season off of his film and used stuff from his script in the show so he got credited as a writer on the show but he wasn't actively involved in the show um, but what's interesting is that uh, according to an interview that he did uh, the the Obi Wan Kenobi script that he that he handed in and that it was written was actually written to be the first part in a trilogy. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I'm curious about that. Because the idea was to write a story, an arc for Kenobi over three movies that would get him to be the person who he is in A New Hope, who is just willing to, you know, sacrifice <coughs> himself and die for, you know, Luke, and like become one with the Force in that fight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because Vader like people talk about like Vader killing him in that fight. Vader doesn't kill him because Vader's lightsaber never reaches him. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi joins the force and like he, he would have died if he hadn't done that to himself, but the lightsaber never reaches him. And so the, 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 the plot, according to this interview, um, uh, BD, uh, was going to like have like the concept of, three movies and you know to get obi-wan from you know the first movie was just him being willing to reconnect with the force at all and that's Mm -hmm. and that and which is what we got in this season and so um with that in mind if they worked off of i mean bd didn't write scripts for the second or third movie obviously because they hadn't been greenlit yet uh, which is why also the you know the storyline works as a you could just not make any more kenobi and it would be fine Right. Like it's correct. It's and I would be okay with that. But if I I would also be okay with them telling the rest of the the story that BD had intended. Honestly, same. There's so much on the table that I would I would enjoy seeing explored more, but I don't need it to be. This was um, when I was um, in high school. This is almost literally the Star Wars TV show that I wanted. Yeah. Like, I'm not even kidding. I would talk to my friends about how I I wished there was a, like, wandering samurai-style show about Obi-Wan Kenobi set between episodes three and four. Because I really liked Ewan McGregor's version of the character. And, uh, well. Yeah. Uh, this is almost exactly that show that I wanted, which is is weird, but good weird. Yeah, it's but weird. I like I like the show a lot. Um, I think that 
the, the casting on young Leia was amazing and it's uh, I like she's the breakout star of the show frankly it it was just channeling that character like they they did such a good job with casting and uh, directing that young actress that it it was great um i i enjoyed the the character arcs that we had this season i think it is i think it's pretty amazing um how Ewan McGregor, like, I keep always, like, thinking, oh, Ewan McGregor looks too young to be Alec Guinness in 10 years. And then I looked up the ages, and Ewan McGregor is almost exactly 10 years younger than Alec Guinness was in episode four. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, he's, he looks the exact right age. To be fair, uh, years of stress and laser sword fighting and living on a planet with, like, you know, so little, little moisture can uh, really... Uh, rough you up yeah it's uh that's um, my story and i'm sticking to it i'm I'm so happy they got orc cop back to be owen lars again and it's uh and same with the actress who played baru um that i don't know do people remember that young owen lars is played by orc cop i did not i did not that's remember that at all oh my god Joel Edgerton. crazy yeah, uh, I did. However, um, I was absolutely delighted that Hayden Christensen got another shot at this character. Oh, good. because it was uh, so good. I do think it's interesting in that flashback scene because um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's a flashback scene to. Um, they're literally the, using that you know, scene yeah. on network TV to advertise the the show. So yeah, it's it it it's 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 a good scene, but it's a, it is a flashback. Like it's not like um there's there's a major spoiler and things is happening, um, but they didn't digitally de-age Hayden Christensen. I think that was the right decision. Well, I really do. The problem is, is that it's not like episode three, you know, him. It's like episode two. You know, I, I I guess I don't care because, like, I get distracted. Most of the time when I see the digital de-aging, I think it looks like ass. And then I'm just distracted by it. It's like um, there's a making of um, – on the Blu-ray of Rogue One, there's a making of feature that shows you the actor who they digitally put um, um, Peter Cushing's face over for Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. They show him in costume – and you realize putting him putting him uh, in that uh, costume, or rather not putting him in that costume, putting that digital face over him was a massive waste of yeah, time and money I, you, because you, the guy looks the guy looks fine. But, if you would have told me that's Grand Moff Tarkin, I wouldn't have been like, that's not Peter Cushing. I would have gone, yeah, that, that seems right. Seems but sure. Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel. I mean, yeah, that's it's, one place that's where a, they made it work. Well, no, but I'm saying it's like it's a very different thing. You know, the problem with the Peter Cushing was that they were digitally creating a whole other, a completely different human being. Digital de-aging looks very good when it's the same actor being de-aged to, to themselves because they can directly map every face movement because it's the same face. Mm. And especially when they have the similar build. Like, it would be very different, like, the... Like the reason why young Luke looks doesn't look perfect on like the Mandalorian and his appearance in the Book of Boba Fett is because um oh I guess that is a spoiler. Not a huge one. 
it's been a while, but um, is because they had to is that Mark Hamill doesn't have the build to play young Luke, so they had to completely effectively deep fake on a different actor. Mm. But you know, it looks good in Captain Marvel because they're deep they're they're putting young Samuel L. Jackson on Samuel L. Jackson, right? And Hayden Christensen does have the physical build to still be the same, you know, to play the same character. But mm-hmm. it's so that's why I think that like I was surprised they didn't digitally de-age him because that would be it's the it's the circumstance in which it normally works. I mean, fair. I just I don't know. I didn't because it kept pulling me out of there just because his hair is a different color and his like the lines in his face, like his face is shaped slightly differently than it was when he shot Attack of the Clones. I mean, no, that's fair. But also, like, the thing that took me I, I also, more out like, of it was just how different it is when Hayden Christensen gets to work with a director, yeah, oh, yeah as opposed to, as opposed to George Lucas. Well, because I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I don't mean to keep shitting on George Lucas, but he's not an actor's director. No, he's not. He's not. He has um, no idea what he's doing with actors. And seeing Christensen get to actually perform his craft was welcome. Was well, extremely it's, welcome. It's mostly just shocking to me, also, with the not the aging him, is that if they had done a scene set more um, later in his um, experiences of Jedi, like if they had given him a look closer to his Episode Three look at the beginning of Episode Three, which is mm. his look for most of the Clone Wars, actually. Um, heck, they could have set it like in the Clone Wars, uh, but uh, like that. I, mean, I know they wanted to do it during his training, and so to you know for the story there, but like that would have not taken me out of it as much to not de- de- like if they had not de-aged him in that kind of a scene you know what I mean mm-hmm. no that makes sense but I, I do like this is that's a nitpick like that and that's actually not even a nitpick it is a that was a minor choice that I didn't like I have no disagreement with the writing or the themes or the story or the acting you know what I mean so it's like that is a that's a thing I noticed that I would have done differently, but literally that's the only thing I have to nitpick in the entire series. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, it's that is my only kind of, and that's just a raised eyebrow, not a complaint. There is a lightsaber duel in the last, I, I had to say, so I really liked the lightsaber um, business in this movie. I mean, in this series, especially in episodes three and six um, and using having scenes only lit by the blades of the lightsabers, which was so artsy and so cool to look at. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I've seen people and, complain about the, the lightsaber, like people who liked the show complaining about like the light because they liked the way lightsabers looked more in earlier Star Wars. Which is is wild to me because honestly, honestly, this show addressed my biggest issue with prequel lightsaber fights, which are that they are so choreographed that they take me out of it. I, like know, everything yeah. is so perfectly choreographed that I can't take it. I've and I know this isn't going to be a common problem for people, but I have a, a little bit of a martial arts background. And when you have a sword fight that that's choreogra- that is that choreographed, I can't get into it anymore because all I'm looking at is like, this is a dance. Everyone, they're not even hiding it well. This is just 
this isn't very good choreography. This is just a dance. And this series really did feel like a, these are two people who know each other's moves um, reacting to that, but also being, there's a level of brutality and honesty and what I would like to see from a sword duel, I guess. Yeah, it's. I know people. Who, there are people who are really like the lightsaber fights in the prequels, and I'm. I just like. I guess if that's your thing, like you're not gonna like the lightsaber fights as much in this. Um, I I really like. Um, I mean, I think my favorite lightsaber fight is probably. A tie between. Um, Oh god no. It, yeah, I like the sequel fights a lot, but I think the the best one of like arguably the best fight in the whole series is the Return of the Jedi fight. Um mm. between Luke and Vader. Uh because uh like I I like the the visuals in some of the other like in the sequel fights better. Like I love the visuals of the throne room fight in um Last Jedi and I love the the fight in um The Force Awakens. Uh Really love that one, yeah. Uh, the 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 two good sequel movies. Um, fight me. <laughs> uh, Last Jedi was good. I'll fight people about it, but it's okay. We all agree that Episode Nine was bad. All right. <laughs> um, I I actually have a pretty lukewarm defense for Episode Nine. I I'll still take it over any of the prequels. I will honest to God take it over any of the prequels any day. I you know I. Having watched, like, so when I watched episode nine, I had literally just watched all the previous movies. I did a complete mm-hmm. rewatch of the, the prequels and then the, the original trilogy, despecialized, and then I watched, um, and then I rewatched the seven and eight, and then, then I went and saw nine in the theater. So I watched all that beforehand, and um, I still think episode two holds up, a lot of it holds up. Um, minus the love story and it's I want to say that the world building in episode in, in the, the world building in the first in the prequels is far more solid than in episode 9 I I can't the episode 2 the, the entire last half hour loses me my brain can't deal with it maybe I need to try watching on a better TV but Actually, um, you it's watch it on a worse TV because the CGI does not age well. It that's that was my biggest problem is that for me when I watched uh, when I tried watching episode two recently, which was not as recent as your last viewing, but the entire basically everything on Geonosis is white noise to me. I didn't know who was shooting at who. I couldn't tell what was going on. I'm a big fan. Um, I'm a big fan now of, um, the, um, of the Clone Wars, but in that cartoon, I can tell who has what vehicles. I cannot do that in episode two. I have no idea who is what. It's an absolute mess for me. (laughs) Well, my big problem with that whole F scene is just the the overuse of CGI for the clone troopers, where um, 
a guy in a costume would have looked far more realistic and been less expensive. Uh, going back to the the topic at hand, actually, um, Kenobi. M- McGregor mentioned that when working on Kenobi, one of the things that was really weird for him was that um, they actually had stormtrooper costumes on set, which was something that he didn't have before. Those were, uh, he said, like, I he, he specifically said, yeah, we did scenes with clone troopers, but more often than not, those were CGI characters. Yeah. So I didn't get to see them. So there's something much more properly frightening about guys in armor with guns on set with you. Yeah. It's uh, overall, I think it's safe to say that we like Kenobi. Um, it does feel like, I guess the only real criticism I actually have of the show is that it feels like I want more. Like it feels like in part, it feels like a setup to more of his emotional journey than what we get. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, cause it really does feel like, okay, he's coming with the force. I want to see what he does next. And I know that there's 10 years between, you know, Right. No, that's extremely fair. Oh, but you win some, you lose some. Anyways. <laughs> I uh, really like it. I'm glad it exists. We enjoyed it. Speaking of things that I, well, I enjoyed, I don't know if Celeste did or not, but we've gotten the first couple episodes of Ms. Marvel. I'm loving it. I, I am um, also loving it. First episode especially reminded me of the G. Willow Wilson comic, which is one of my favorite recent superhero books. If you haven't had the pleasure yeah. of reading it, um, just go go read it. It's really good. It's worth your time. Um, I think I've, I read the, the first, like... Um, 15 or 16 issues of that run. Like, and then we hit like some big crossover and I said, I'm not going to read a Marvel book for a while. And then I never got around to coming back to it. But I, I really enjoyed that run. Um, when it first came out, um, that was a while ago. What was that? Like 10 years ago. Um, what year did the Miss Marvel comic come out? It's, uh, but, I, I've really, yeah, 2014, so um, eight years ago. Um, I'm really enjoying this show so, so much. It is very much catching the vibe of this character. Um, I'm only sort of okay with the changes they've made to her powers on the show. I'm 100% fine with the change to her origin. Right, because um, in the comics, uh, she's an inhuman, and but her powers got activated about the same time of um, after like kind of this mass the inhu- big inhuman storyline in the Marvel comics where a whole bunch of inhumans got activated at the end of that. So, um, and I appreciate Marvel not pretending, uh, giving up on the pretense that anyone cares about the inhumans. I mean, like I, I appreciate. Just get that. Doctor Strange. I still, I haven't seen it yet. I still don't care about the Inhumans. Oh, so was that a spoiler? No, I knew about it because everyone has already spoiled it already because no one has any respect for the fact that I don't go to theaters right now. 
but that's beside it's the point. It's on Disney Plus right now. I know, but it got on Disney Plus the day that I had to take a six-hour car drive. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, were you the driver? Then, no, but I had You've to keep the driver phone. awake. You could have gotten, yeah, you could have kept the driver awake by describing everything happening in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, then the driver would kill me. So that's not <laughs> a good idea. So right. I was working all weekend. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, no, so uh, so far, like, I've, I've really enjoyed this casting. Um, it's, uh, but so they've taken the Inhumans part out of her backstory, which makes sense only because, like, the read like in in the comics, her backstory like assumes you know what Inhumans are and what Terrigen Mist is and like all this stuff. And so like in the comics, they just roll right through that, right? So like, mm-hmm. and they they do like more. They do touch on some Inhuman stuff. Um, like like she meets other Inhumans like in the comics following because obviously she has questions, but like they don't expect the reader to have questions about it. So um swapping that out like with the with what they're doing and I don't want to spoil it for people joining in the series um because the origins of her powers are kind of a part of the show um and it's kind of like a there's kind of an in name only thing with some other characters um and for how it works but uh yeah it's overall like they have the vibe right they have the exact Agreed. right vibe for a Kamala Khan story. And, uh, you know, they replaced her, you know, writing fan fiction about the Avengers with her making YouTube videos about the Avengers and, you know, you know, basic stuff like that. But I think the changes to the powers, my own take on it. I think it's just the fact that we still haven't made elastic characters look good on screen. Yeah, no, it's it's not, it's yeah. it's never worked. It still hasn't worked, and uh, mm. I think the only time it did vaguely work was in a completely animated picture. Yeah, i.e. Yeah. The Incredibles, the only good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, right. Like, um, <laughs> no, but you're not wrong. At all, because, like, that's really where a lot of the problem is. It's just, it, other than the Incredibles, elastic powers always just tend to look either okay to really bad. And, like, I mean, maybe I could be more forgiving of that on, like, a, like, regular TV show, but on a Disney Plus you know, premium mini series. I don't think the audience is going to be nearly as forgiving. I usually I'm pretty forgiving if I like the story enough, but yeah, like I don't think that there's enough people who think like me who would be willing to deal with that. If it just looked that bad. It is. Yeah. It's so we're a few episodes in, but obviously um, she hasn't called herself Miss Marvel yet in the show. That's okay. It took Scarlet Witch, uh, oh. like, almost ten real-world years to do that. Uh. No, but but also, though, like, <laughs> to be fair, they never called her Scarlet Witch in the titles of anything, though. Like, 
cannot like I guess maybe they did in promotions, but mostly they just called her Wanda Maximoff in like in promotional stuff. And then her TV show called her was you know WandaVision, um, not Scarlet Witch Vision, uh, but it's well it's going to be interesting to see how they get there though because like it her you know idealizing you know Carol Danvers um, is still kept in the show but she gets to the name in the you know she gets to the name in yeah in the, comic in the comics because. because Carol Danvers had been called Ms. Marvel and had taken yeah, on the, you know, in, and is like the third Captain Marvel or something. Cause yeah. yeah, several other people had used both the Captain and Ms. Marvel title at that point. So, yeah. So, and, uh, this series is, you know, we're skipping straight to it, which I'm again, fine with. I'm, I, I don't feel that every, Especially if there's a modern version of a character who really resonates with audiences, I don't feel like we should be beholden to referencing each and every one of the earlier iterations. Oh, well, yeah, just no, absolutely. Because, yeah. It's just it's going to be interesting to see how they justify her going with the name because obviously I think oh, yeah. by before the end of the season, if not sooner, I assume she's going to be calling herself Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I wasn't trying to imply that you felt that way either. It's right. just like, yeah, it's one of those weird... Yeah, it's I I'm just curious as to how they're going to cross that road. But so far I'm really enjoying it. Obviously we're going to keep talking about the show as it keeps airing, so um great cast though. Um Oh, one other thing I want to talk about that I really liked in it, just a little shout out. I love and this is speaking as someone who is not um currently practicing any particular religion but uh i appreciate uh the show's ability to make islam so incredible like boringly normal like with how weird and othering so much media has tried to make uh, muslim americans showing mosque life as just this kind of normal vaguely boring thing I'm so here for it. I love it. I really do love it. It's very good. I know that that's a really weird way to phrase that, but I really, really, really like how they're handling that. Yeah. I also enjoy that. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think, I think that's all we have to say about Ms. Marvel so far. It's good. The cast is amazing. And uh, the show so far is very good. We will... The lead actress is adorable. And That's apparently really... used to cosplay as Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm sorry. This is one other really funny thing. I have a, um, one of the, uh, one of my uh, oldest fans at my uh, YouTube channel was, um, and still is, a, um, uh, first generation Canadian American um, um, immigrant whose parents were Pakistani. And um, I would sometimes joke with her when she was uh, um, when she would um, like write to me and check in that um, she came off as real life Kamala Khan. 
And apparently she grew up in like the same neighborhood in Toronto as the actress they actually cast for the character. So <laughs> that just delights me so much. It's like so close. <laughs> All right. So that should slide us on over to uh, the next topic, which is uh, that uh, moving from Disney Plus to the Netflix is uh, Umbrella Academy season three is out and premiered and is available on televisions and it's really fun. There's a dance sequence in the first episode. It's a footloose. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Like, I must have missed something. I literally did not know that the third season premiered until my friend messaged me on Monday of last week. Yeah. Like, I I did not hear much about, like, it actually dropping until, like, people started talking about, like, oh, it, it dropped. And I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, no, same. It's very it like, quiet. But, um, I would have liked to have known about that ahead of time, but okay. Right, so that I could set a, set some time to like actually watch <laughs> it all, but oh well. I really thoroughly enjoyed the first two seasons, so I'm I'm excited. I'm sure that it sounds like it's still good. Yeah. I hope it's still good. It's I'll be it's sad really interesting. It's so not. now like we are it's really interesting. Like the show has diverged from the comics so much. Um, yeah, give me like comic context because I've never, I've never read any of the comics. I don't know what so story like, they entail. God, it's so the first season um, lines up roughly with like the first arc, um, but they start going astray pretty fast really really fast like mm. powers work differently for some characters ben uh-huh. is dead in the comics obviously but like the whole thing with like ghost ben and stuff like that does not happen um, uh-huh. i have not read the comics i have only read wiki articles because i'm an obsessive oh. <laughs> nerd <laughs> yeah um, no that's fine and so like i do know that like um the, the current season is taking cues from the, the Hotel Oblivion uh, story that uh, was published, I think, in 2019. Mm. Um, that was originally supposed to come out like a decade earlier because <laughs> Gerard Way uh, is a busy, busy boy. Uh, but what, what's he got going on? Just, you know, what's what's he doing? My Chemical Romance. No, I mean, what? Nah, he he doesn't do that. That's someone else. He does that way more than anything else he did. He does that but way more. Anyway, I know. So the, the I, I know. Runners... I'm, I'm I'm actually a fan of Gerard Way. I'm just giving yeah. you crap. It's uh, but the yeah, I think uh, I think the uh, um, the image for this episode is going to be CCTV footage of Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> on a skateboard. Um, oh, very good. <laughs> I don't know which of these I'm going to use, but <laughs> it's going to be both good and disturbing at the same time. 
excellent. That's that's all you can hope for with Deli Mini. Yeah, it's um. Anyways, it's uh, <laughs> Umbrella Academy season three. Uh, so the the show's back. Um, they've they've kind of abandoned the source material pretty much at this point and are just writing their own thing. Um, it's I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I don't want to spoil too much. I will say like if you, I will say I will I will say at the beginning of the season. Um, the uh. Because uh, season two involved them traveling back to 1963 and uh, the changes made in the timeline because of their traveling back in time, they arrive back in, uh, I think it's 2019 is the current year in the show. Yep. Um, and they find that the Umbrella Academy has been replaced with the Sparrow Academy. Uh, the only person who's a member of the Sparrow Academy who had been a member of the Umbrella Academy is Ben, who is no longer dead. Which, you know, Ben had this great story arc in season uh, two uh, with his spirit moving on. I'm not going to spoil it past that. But uh, so living Ben is very different from dead Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it makes sense why he's there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It totally makes sense. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, so like um, it and the Sparrow Academy is much more together and organized than the Umbrella Academy is. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, geez. They they don't seem as disjointed. So uh, there is oh. some, there's some conflict there between the two. Yeah. Groups. Tension okay. started off by a dance battle. Well. Oh. Except it didn't. <laughs> it uh, it the, the dance. I was just minor spoiler. The dance battle in the first but five minutes is been. a hallucination. We're all disappointed it wasn't real. Um. Mm-hmm. But the uh. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is altogether without any spoilers for the season, um, and I'm realizing my computer's made a noise that's going in the recording. Sorry for that snapshot sound. Um, the uh, the the overall arc for the season though really works, and it's really like it's none of the episodes seem unnecessary. The runtimes don't seem long. It's you know because which can happen with the Netflix series where you know the problem with Netflix is that they they're not strict about how long episodes are. And so sometimes, no, and these ones are like forty to fifty minutes long. Right, and so what happens with a lot with some Netflix shows is that like it'll be a great show, but maybe you could have cut ten minutes and it would have been better mm-hmm. from an episode. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get that with Umbrella Academy, mostly because oh just so much stuff happens. Um, it it doesn't feel rushed. It feels like it gets to breathe, but it also like every, there's nothing that doesn't feel necessary in the episodes. Um. So I really, I deeply enjoyed it. Uh, some messed up stuff happens this season. Um, but it's the Umbrella Academy. Some messed up stuff happens every season. Uh, there are some great twists and some really funny stuff. Because again, even when the show is going really dark, it is still very funny. Um, at the same time, which is what I like about the sensibility mm. of the show. So... Yeah, it's uh, Umbrella Academy Season 3. It's if you liked Seasons 1 and 2, you're going to love this. If you didn't like Seasons 1 and 2, I'll fight you. <laughs> Meet me in the abandoned Shopco parking lot at uh, <laughs> right off of, uh, you know, the um, right off of Claremont and like 37 there. You know, yep. um, I will 
just just meet me there. That's where we'll fight. Um, where the where where they used to put out the garden center stuff in the mm-hmm. spring. It, it's right next to what used to be um, Ron Castle Foods. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what's in the Ron Castle Foods right now because I know that that was for a while it was a homeless shelter. I don't oh. know if there's anything, but that might have just been temporary for the winter. I just remember, like, when I was a kid, it was Ron Castle Foods. Yeah. Um, and then it was a Gordy's for a little bit. Yeah, it was a Gordy's. And then, then Gordy's shut down, and then they tried to briefly reopen it as a Gordy's, and then it shut down again, and then it reopened as an IGA. Oh. And then um, then the IGA went out of business. Mm-hmm. So it's they just can't keep a grocery store. It's very frustrating because we moved back to this neighborhood explicitly because there was a convenient grocery store and then the grocery oh. store immediately closed. Oh. Um, oh. And the Shopco. And Shopcos were actually pretty convenient. Yes, yes, they were. Mm-hmm. I have many things in this office <laughs> that I'm looking at that were bought at a Shopco. It's my nightstand in my bedroom was bought at a Shopco. It's, uh, um, I... I I've spent a lot of money at a Shopco. I love Shopco. Um, and it was very convenient having a department store within walking distance of my home. Yeah. But all the convenient shopping, we moved back because there was a Shopco and there was a grocery store, and then there wasn't. Um, and if you're wondering, Celeste, yes, Ron Castle Foods did have a little bit of castle decorating to it. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Like Excellent. just the, it's the bare minimum. Now folks, I'm sad it's folks, gone and I've never been there. Folks, <laughs> I have to like, there, I don't know if people realize that I live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And again, you still live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Eau Claire, about, Wisconsin. So we're so talking we could just about like... landmark on the south side of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, uh, I'm I'm also willing to fight you in the parking lot to Caribou Coffee, you know, the the one that used to be uh Philip sixty six gas station. I'm willing to fight you in that in I that caribou coffee that. coffee uh parking lot. It was also I think it was a different gas station when it closed down, but it was uh Philip sixty six throughout the two thousands when I used to walk there from either campus or from my old uh duplex. Or you could you could fight them in the place where the emeralds burned down. The embers, and then this, yeah, the embers. That's right. The embers. That's why it was hilarious. Oh, that was so funny. Because I, I the last part was called embers, and it burnt down. <laughs> Gosh dang it! And then there was a Sonic there. Yeah, the Sonic m- went out of business, and I think it's the I subway it. moved out of the Shopco uh, strip mall oh. and into the old Sonic. So that's the oh. subway now. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's the subway now. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, personally, if I'm going to go get food in anywhere, I think I'm just going to go over to Randy's. Um, oh, yeah. Get myself a peanut butter cup malt and yeah. a bacon double cheeseburger. But I can yeah. get that delivered. So that's why every Friday night I get, because they do, um, the, they've got a Burger Boys Ghost Kitchen, which is just stuff off the Randy's menu, but just their burger stuff and malts. Oh, um, nice. And uh, I get I get the uh, a bacon double cheeseburger, which is like um, third pound patties, two third pound patties. Um it's not the biggest version. They do have a double cheeseburger on that menu with two half-pound patties on the Burger Boys Jesus. menu. Jesus. It's not on the regular Randy's menu. It's just on the Burger Boys menu. Just the two half-pound. I don't... I did that once as <laughs> like a... Jesus. I did that once. I did that once. With, I had no sides. I had nothing. I just had that one <laughs> burger, and I was just like... I was like, I'm going to make a mistake tonight, oh and I'm going to find out what it's like. It's amazing. 
but it is a mistake. And two, <laughs> two one third patty. I get that with the onion rings, and Ooh, yep. uh, a peanut butter cup malt. Nice. Yeah, that is that is every Friday night. I get that to the point where um, Randy's has like at one point like sent extra desserts home with my order and like instructed the dr- delivery driver to thank me for my loyalty. <laughs> Oh, because when you order through DoorDash, it gives them your name. Oh yeah, and so it's and Mm. I also have reviewed the place on DoorDash, so Trey D like gets their order every Friday, (laughs) and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I also get like the three chocolate chip cookies, but I'm not eating that that night because that's plenty of food I've already had. I eat those Mm -hmm. like throughout Saturday, like I eat the three chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, to get like a peanut butter, to get the 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 malt and the cookies. Yeah, that could be a little bit much. Well, I put the malt in the freezer, and then I eat my food. Yep. I eat my dinner, um, and with you know just like having like a diet coke that I have in my apartment or something like that. And then I eat the, have the malt afterwards mm-hmm. as dessert, and I just eat it with a spoon. Like you can't like they give you a straw, but like you cannot eat that malt, drink that malt with a straw because. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are pieces of Reese's peanut butter cups in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we went down work. to, uh, we walked over to Carl D's and I got, uh, it was like, it's, it's like a flurry, but with blue moon soft serve, Oreos and chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. And they called it their cookie monster and it was amazing. That sounds really good. Yeah. But anyways, uh. <laughs> anyways. Celeste, we, we have another topic and that is Celeste, so, but Umbrella Academy season three. It's as good as a great bacon double cheeseburger and a Reese's peanut butter cup malt. All right. Um, For the record, uh, if anyone wants to fight me, I only fight in underneath tarps at Denny's. So it needs to be a Denny's parking lot underneath a tarp. Then I will fight you. We don't have a Denny's in Eau Claire. I got to go to Menominee for that. And I'm not. We mm-hmm. don't have a Denny's in Point. We only have a Perkins and an IHOP down in Plover. Yeah. Well, then you guys are going to have to really drive in order to fight me. That's my role. I mean, you could like you know, could go to Wausau for a Denny's. That's yeah, it's still too far yeah. to drive for a Denny's. We just have a Perkins here, and you know, a Randy's, which is closed on Sunday, which is too bad. Anyways, meanwhile, so, meanwhile, yeah. next topic. Uh, Celeste went to JFAX in Michigan. Celeste, give us your con report, convention goer. So, um, my, uh, I work part-time at an anime store in the Janesville Mall, um, called Angry Fox, and, um, I got to go, um, uh, help my friend, uh, sell stuff for their booth. So, my, uh, <clears throat> my friend Riley and I, uh, got in a car and drove for almost six my or six hours, I wish it was only six miles to the great state of Michigan, uh, to Grand Rapids, where we sold things at um, at the um, the vendor booth, and uh, it was an interesting little show. A few years back, I had um, worked a con called SS Kaizoku Con, where a ton of people told me about how much they love JFAX, which made me realize. That JFAX is like ha, is this con that has like really ride or die people there. So um, I was curious. Everyone had been raving it up to me, so I was excited to go. 
JFAX was neat. I didn't get to leave the vendor hall much because I was, you know, working there. But for what it was worth, it seemed like everyone was really high energy. Um, quite a bit of very, very open expression of young queer people, which made me, um, without scary news was over the weekend, seeing so many people just openly living their best lives was encouraging for our ability to keep going as uh, time goes forward. Um, side note, I don't know how many people really appreciate just how much the queer community and the anime con community are the same thing, but, uh, <laughs> they are, they absolutely I, are the I, same. I would thing. say there's a lot of overlap. I a lot of overlap. They're, they're not exactly, exactly the same. Yeah. Un- but there's so much overlap and I don't think anyone realizes, I don't think everyone out there realizes just, especially with how shitty um, people, the, the, uh, stereotype of anime avatars on the internet is, I think the meme lords and internet trolls, to, um, who, uh, as much as it's the stereotype, they need to go out and touch grass. In my experience, a lot of those people are quite literally not going out to touch grass because I don't run into them in person at these things. And JFAX is no exception. Uh, saw some really neat people, saw some excellent cosplay. Um, voice actress, Caitlin Glass swung by our booth and she bought, um, she bought a figure of the character she played in Love Live. So that was the highlight of the weekend. Um, I ran into a guy dressed as Tochiro Oyama from the Captain Harlock series. Um, and he was so delighted that I recognized his cosplay that he, the guy had to have been like at the very least in his fifties, he pulled out a handcrafted Captain Harlock skull and crossbones pin, handed it to me and told me I had, I had become a space pirate. So that was really fun. Um, there was a really cool group doing panels and demos at the con who were a uh, society for um, the preservation of classical swordsmanship. Mm-hmm. And they didn't just have like museum pieces. They actually studied old like medieval European martial arts in order to keep classical swordsmanship alive and practiced in some form. And so that was just really cool. Um, mm. Yeah, no, it was just, I had a really... This weekend obviously had a lot of scary stuff going on. I had a really positive experience at JFAX itself. Um, It was super fun. Um, My hotel experiences were not nearly as good initially, but it worked out. Um, I don't well, know. Well, you are cursed at hotels. When yeah, you have a really weird and bad history with hotel especially rooms. Especially when working for Stacy. So, um, to my defense, to my defense, um, this is one where uh, I looked. I looked for the highest rated hotel that was in the price range that I was given. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what did you look at the negative reviews? Um, I, I mainly, I looked at the reviews in general, anything that was negative was normal. What I was seeing was normal 
inexpensive hotel stuff. Okay, that's because that's the question. Because that's my technique is I ignore any positive reviews. I only read the negative reviews, and then I read to make sure that they're like actual problems and not just whiny customer doesn't like the fact that the front desk clerk wasn't smiling at two in the morning. Um, so, uh, so, um, yeah, we, our first hotel room. So here's the thing. They worked with us. Our first hotel room, which was at the Baymont. I'm going to call them out. Um, my, uh, my friend Riley, the driver went to take a shower and got out because the water wasn't draining just down the pipe. It appeared to be draining underneath the sh- the uh, floorboards, oh. and like the oh. shower itself, like the floor of it looked like a waterbed. Oh no! Oh no! So oh. we immediately reported it, and the person at the front desk was super understanding. Gave us a new key. We looked and checked the room. Looked for shower was nice and clean. Um, there were no signs of like bed bugs or anything that seemed fine. The next morning, however, Oh no. Oh no. Um, yeah, the next morning we got up and, um, the next morning we got up and Riley calls to me from the bathroom there is a bug and we catch it underneath a cup it is definitely a cockroach oh man so we're uh riley is not having any of it i'm not having any of it so we uh talk to our boss we talk to our boss stacy who says you know what Uh, she's like, you know what? Take it down to the front desk, get a refund. So we did. (laughs) We took the cup with the cockroach to the front desk. I am always going to treasure the look on the front desk guy's face. And he, I know this is going to sound shocking. He refunded me the entire stay immediately. Well, good on him. So then we went slightly further down the road. We found this really nice little hotel that we had no problems at. Oh. Um, it was super comfy. And then um, added bonus at the end of Saturday, um, you know, the day before we had to leave, I noticed that the pool was open and I got to go swimming uh, for the first time since I um, the pool was open late. So there was like no one down there. I got to go swimming for the first time since I started tea blockers. So that was really fun. I got to just swim for a little bit. I got to finally like wear a girl's bathing suit. It was nice. So that was really cool. Um, I had a really good time. This was a good event. Like hotel shenanigans aside, even that worked out in the end. And plus we kind of got a nicer hotel because the, the hotel budget for the weekend kind of got, collapsed into the the like stay at the for the last bit half of the weekend instead so that was good that was very good good. it ended up working out so it was a really fun con i do uh hotel 
shenanigans aside, that had nothing to do with JFAX. We didn't stay at their main event center. Um, they have a cute little event. Um, no one I talked to in the vendor or artist area made a ton of, ton of money, but everyone seemed to be having a good time, and I was very happy with it. So um, if you're in the Michigan area and you need a nice little con to go to, JFAX is an excellent option. And by the way, yes, they did have a mask policy. Yes, they did ask for uh, um, people to be vaccinated before they arrived. Um, they weren't as good at policing masks as I would have liked, but as soon as I got home, I did take a, um, um, a rapid test. Um, as far as I know, I am negative, but we'll check later in the week just to be safe. Um, but yeah, no, they, they were taking COVID seriously, which was very nice. That's good. Um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm familiar with JFX because I don't know if any of the people still working there, um, were were part of this, but apparently one of the people who used to be in charge of the event was a fan of unconventional, my old web comic that I used to do, and uh, used to like include. I think I think he included like some of the scripts in like meeting notes because <laughs> he asked me permission to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've yet to ever actually make it to JFAX myself. And I've I've heard nothing but good things about the con. They're a really nice little event. I the my interactions with the staff were positive. The um setup was really, really, really nice. Um load in and load out for vendors was pretty organized. I can't complain. I mean I could complain. I'm not gonna though. JFAX is good. Um, if you're in uh, the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, swing by. Give them a shout out. They're pretty cool. I liked it. All right. Well, I think that moves us on to our last point here, which is uh, the mailbag. Oh, yeah. And in the mailbag this episode, we have uh, another quiz from uh, Bucketman Zach. Oh, okay. Here's the quiz. The subject is, is this a real or fake Sonic game? Oh, no. (laughs) Hi, y'all. Just listened to the most recent episode, May 30th, and wanted to to, uh, send in another quiz. If this goes well, I'll send in one more for next month. Uh, This one is a bit different, and for transparency, I did not make this. I stole it from the internet. You'll be deciding whether a name of a Sonic game is real or fake. Potential bonus points if you can name the console or consoles it was released on at the reader's discretion. There are 16 games in total on this list. I will... Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, I, I'm i not going to count points. I'll let the listeners count the points for us. But uh, I, Trey, have the answer key. And so I'm going to be asking these questions to Celeste again. And uh, just like we did last time. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to first I'm going to ask you if it's real or if it's fake. And um, if it's real, there will be a second question about what system it's for. Okay. 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 Let's do this. All right. The qu- first, first question. Here's your softball. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Real. 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 That's yes. a real one. Yes, that's real. Yeah, can you name the system it's for? Mega Drive. Sega Genesis. 
both of those are acceptable answers. I would have also taken. <laughs> I would have also accepted uh, Sega Master System. Um, I would have also accepted Sega Master System and maybe Game Gear. Um, moving on to the second question, the second game, uh, Sonic Advance Four. gonna go with uh not real i don't know why i just i'm guessing totally real. guessing again you said real Celeste, yeah. you said Celeste, fake. You say fake all right i'm saying fake well uh celeste is correct uh there is not a fourth sonic advance <laughs> all right weird sonic triple trouble fake Oh, but I love the alliteration. Oh no. Um I'm I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with real. Gonna be a contrarian. Well, Celeste gets the point then because what? Sonic Triple Trouble <laughs> is real. Can you oh, tell me man. what system it's for? Dreamcast. No, no. Mm, rats. Ken, do you want to guess what system it's for? I want to guess some portable thing. Well, but there are Sonic games for, you know, multiple portables, so... I don't have any of them coming to my brain. It's a bad brain day. I told okay, a, well, I well, told y'all before. The answer is Game Gear. Game Gear. Okay, I wow. I literally said Game Gear like five minutes ago also. Uh, I don't listen. All right, here's our fourth one. Sonic and Friends. Real. Real. That is fake. Dang it. Mind-boggling. I'm actually surprised by that Sonic one. and Friends is a TV show. Ah, uh, that's uh, what it is. Okay. Ugh, trick. Tricky. All right. Uh, here's our fifth one. Sonic Drift 2. Fake. fake. You're both saying fake on that one. Both saying fake. Well, I hate to tell you, oh, Sonic Drift no! 2 is real. What? Uh, we're really bad at this. <laughs> Would either of you like to guess what system it's for? I'm going to say um, Saturn. The Virtual Boy. No. <laughs> Again. <laughs> that was when Sega was doing what Nintendo didn't. And there's only like eight games for Virtual Boy. <laughs> I'll go with Game Gear again. Game Gear is actually correct. <laughs> All right. Here's your next one. Sonic and the Secret Rings. Real. That one's real. That All one's right. totally real. All right. You are both correct. <laughs> that one I know. <laughs> it is real. Do you know what system it's for? I want Dreamcast. It is not Dreamcast. Ken, do you have a guess? Um, Genesis. No, um, it is the Saturn, Wii. Isn't it? Oh, really? Oh, okay. that's right. I forgot. All right. Here's your next one. Super Sonic Blast. That sounds real. I hate that it's real, and I think it's real. Super Sonic Blast is, in I think fact, it's real. it is fake. Damn it. That sounds good, though. Yeah. 
It does. Unfortunately. <laughs> They're not going to stop making Sonic games. We all just have to accept this. All right, here's your next one. Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 2. Fake. Fake, only because it doesn't sound like a full game. It sounds like part of a game. Well, whether it sounds like it's full or partial, it is real. Dang God, man. what? Would you like to guess what uh, what console that's available on? Wii U. Sega Genesis. Is it an old one? No, it's not an old one. I actually don't <sighs> know if there's a Wii U version. Uh, Wii? Well, no, it's because it's uh, PS3 and uh, uh. Xbox 360 for episode two. What did that... I'm genuinely going to Google this to see if... Yeah, uh, please. If Sorry, there's a Wii U version. What the heck was it? No, so... Uh, Windows, iOS, Ouya, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, NVIDIA Shield Portable, NVIDIA Shield TV, and Android. The freaking Ouya? The Ouya got it, yes. <sighs> no wonder. No wonder we couldn't freaking... Well, it was also no wonder it Xbox... sounded weird. Also Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. All right, let's... That... Whoop-de-doo. All right, here's your I'm next still one. still mad. Here's your next one. The Sonic. No! fake celeste what's your guess I'm gonna go with fake you are both correct it is fake yeah all right here's your next one hmm. sonic cart 3dx real real it is in fact real can you mm-hmm. tell me what it's for 3DX? I don't know what that is. Um, PlayStation. I mean, it's less clear that the 3DX is like the 3DS, but extreme. No, um, <laughs> it's uh, no, it's uh, it's 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 a mobile game. <laughs> all right. Story of my life. The next one is Sonic Slam with slam Fake. in all capital letters with periods. Fake. I think it's real. Well, in this case, uh, Celeste, you are wrong. It is fake. It is fake. (laughs) All right, here's your next one. Sonic's Casino Poker. I don't want it to be real, so I'm going to say it's real. It totally could be real because they play off Casino Park. Ugh. I'll say real. You are both correct. It is real. Can uh, you, I don't like it. Can you tell me what platform it's on? PC. Yeah, PC. Mac. Web browser. Uh, no, it's a it's a mobile game. Ah. All right. Number thirteen: Sonic and the Black Knight. Real. That one's real. I that only know true. about it because Jen wants to ruin my King Arthur <laughs> research. <Yes! laughs> you are correct. Can you tell yes. me what it's for? It's for the Wii. <laughs> I know it's for, it's the, for Wii. the Wii. Are there motion controls? Yes. 
<laughs> they're terrible. I, th- I think. Story, like, oh my gosh. So Les and I have to get into like just the story of Sonic and the Black Knight because it's ridiculous. And from an authorian like historical perspective, it's just so... it's gonna physically hurt me. We need to live stream. We need to do a live stream of you ruining King Arthur for Celeste using this game. <laughs> yes. We do. I'm sure. <laughs> sure. All right. Moving on, Sonic Rhythms. Has there been a Sonic Rhythm game? It wouldn't surprise me. I don't think so. I'm going to say fake. Uh, I'm going to say real. Well, Celeste, you are wrong. It is fake. Dang it. You know, I don't think there is a som- I don't think there is a Sonic. Um, I don't think there is a Sonic uh, rhythm game. However, there are multiple games from Sonic the Hedgehog uh, the series in the game Samba de Amigo, which is a rhythm game made by Sonic Team. Oh, okay. Okay. That was for the Dreamcast, and then it later had a Wii release. Mm. Um, it is. Inc- it, it's only okay on the Wii. It is amazing on the Dreamcast, but the problem is to play the game, you need the Maracas controllers, and they all wear <laughs> out. And mm. so to find working Maracas controllers in 2022 is, I'm yeah. just going to say it's impossible because all the third-party ones didn't really operate properly. And so only the first-party ones ever really worked accurately on that game. And they all eventually, because it's a game where you're physically shaking the controller. And I don't know if you know this, but electronics don't always like that. <laughs> so, no. Like, there is a always, like, a lifespan on those things. Um, yeah, but, that's not great. All right, we got that's two more. Great. We got two more here. All right. Two more. Throw it at me. Sonic Riders Zero Gravity. That's real. Real. That's got to be real. That is real. Can you tell me what it's for? Mobile. No. Mobile racing game. Nope, not mobile. Dang it. Um, This time I'm going to say the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> PS4. Nope, you guys are going too recent. It is for PS2 and Wii. Ah. Rats. Okay. That, like, end of PS2, beginning of the generation after it. And then, like, it, PS2 and Wii. That's a interesting. All right, so here's your final one. Typing at Sonic Speeds. I want to say fake, but it could be a trick question because it could be just a typing game that does not have Sonic the Hedgehog in it. I think it's real. Sonic Speed typing for the uh, PC and Mac. Yep. Well, um, I hate to tell you, but uh, it is fake. Damn it. Ah! Well, but it's it it it's I think I think it's a great one to put in there because there was Mario there was a Mario typing game. That's the thing. So, Mario did a bunch of edutainment games. Yeah. Whereas I'm pretty sure Sonic never did. Sonic's too cool for school. Exactly. Everybody super Sonic racing. <laughs> so um I knew, like, now is the time Sonic racing. Now is the time Take I want to confess that I've only ever played everybody. once. Everybody. I've only ever played one everybody, Sonic game. Everybody, just just go over. 
Just and it was uh, it was Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Huh. That's the only one I've ever played. I I also I love uh, I love Sonic CD. Um, it is the only Sega CD game I have for my Sega CD. Um, and uh, I I also have it on my Kindle Fire, which I got for free. And I mostly just downloaded it on that so I could listen to the FMV song from the the American opening, which is a different song. It's in the Japanese opening, and I like the American song better. Okay. You can't when you reach the other side of the rainbow. I I just I can't wait to tell Celeste all about. It's gonna physically hurt me. Sonic and the Black Knight, where like I'm living in fear of this. He day. he gets a talking sword. Oh God! <laughs> and and Knuckles is Lancelot. Is Knuckles gonna bang Amy? I'd say is is Knuckles gonna? Does, does, does I Knuckles... don't remember if Amy is Guinevere. I have to double check. I'd say yeah. Is Amy Guinevere? Who gets to be Guinevere? Does Knuckles bang them? <laughs> I mean... Uh... <laughs> I mean, honestly, Knuckles makes the most sense out of the Sonic canon. I mean, I guess. I mean, I... Guys, gonna I mean, I read. Like, is, is Shadow the Hedgehog Mordred? Oh, no. Um... Do they even include my boy? So Amy is the lady of the lake. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Um, oh, but and, hey, that doesn't mean anything. You know, in Spamalot, the lady of the lake and Guinevere are the same character. There's no Guinevere in this one. Because King Arthur is like still like King Arthur. Okay. And Sonic is just like Sonic in oh, the King wait. Arthur world. King but, Arthur exists. Which yeah. implies Guinevere might exist, so Knuckles might just straight up bang Guinevere. Uh, Knuckles is actually Gawain. I got that wrong. Shadow oh. is Lancelot. Shadow Jesus. makes sense as Lancelot, I guess. Not better. And Blaze better. is Percival. Who's Tails? Um, I don't know. It doesn't. I, I'm I'm checking. The wiki just as a basic, but I don't see Tails in here. I don't think Tails is in it at all. Or if he is, it's like not as much. I would have made him Galahad or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, the granddaughter of Merlin. I, okay. <laughs> uh, like Sonic gets warped in and he meets Merlina, granddaughter of Merlin. It's good to know Creative that family. It is it is good to know that in the the Sonic canon, Merlin canonically fucks. It is good to know that doesn't come up much. <laughs> like I think it's like cursed in this. That's what I've got for sure. Um maybe that show um Chris Chibnall did for stars. Uh, I didn't actually watch that. I mean, but, BBC yeah. Merlin, I think, definitely wants to bang King Arthur. Wants to, yes, but I don't. I'm. I'm, I'm hmm. trying to think if they ever give him a love interest in the entirety of that series. I don't think they do. They they did. She becomes the Lady of the Lake. Oh yeah, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time since I watched that because I watched it as it aired. So, like, I mean, that show's like a decade old at this point. Well, there's three very good seasons, and then there's four and five. I you know. like the last episode. I'm glad you do. I I like I I like the fact that it implies that we could have another modern day season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it like is. A, a special... Tales is the blacksmith. The this is not even like a and, black and what? silver. In... Silver is Galahad. Disappointing. The, the blacksmith. That's not even Sir not appearing in this film. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Boo! (laughs) Don't boo me. Boo Sega. I am booing Sega. (laughs) I'm booing whatever member. Jet the Hawk is. Jet the Hawk. Your mom's Jet the Hawk. Anyways, moving on to the Vomit Hat (laughs) Steve Challenge. Every episode, we do the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge, where the challenge to you, the listeners, guess what book I'm reading from. The uh, If you guess the book correctly, you get included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, we put your name on our website on a kind of obscure page no one ever looks at, but it's there. Uh, two, we read your name aloud in the episode, which is what I'm going to do in a moment. And three, um, at some point in the future, you get to stay in a hotel room that Celeste has left and will not go back into. <laughs> You have the option to take a hotel room that Celeste has vacated. But you have to do it within the time frame that Celeste would have originally stayed there. You don't want to do that. (laughs) All right. So the current members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimai, Zero, Rena Innocenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slytherity, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Man, Corfan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lewis Source, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. Boom diggity. All right, so now I'm going to read to you a line from a book. And again, you have to guess what book it's from. He groaned, wearily stretched his lanky frame and sat up. He had dreamt of her again, waking often because he knew it was a dream and he wanted to be free of it. But when he fell back to sleep, her lovely face floated to the surface of his mind, smiling at him. He had left her behind, transferring off the Yorktown without actually saying goodbye, running, he admitted it, from her beauty and the feeling that he had for her. If you know a book that's from, go to nerdtie.com slash contact, fill out the form, and tell us. Uh, and uh, Or if you have any other thoughts, opinions, uh, quizzes for us to entertain you with, uh, uh, go there and send them that way. Also, um, I, I, we're digging the quizzes. These are It's a fun way. I actually, it is really I, fun. I, I, dro- I, I kept the number of topics down on this episode just because I was really excited to do a quiz. Um <laughs> Yay, quizzes. Uh, you know, I like them. It is a uh it is a truthful thing that we now must abandon you to the uh annals of time, space, and uh maybe Florida. We'll abandon you in Florida, and I'm sorry about that, but it's what Yeah, you that's terrible. Deserved. 
after what happened last Tuesday in Connecticut, and you know what Mm. it was. I don't know. Anyways. How dare. I I don't want to think about Florida. (laughs) I don't want to think about that. I don't know. (laughs) Let's move on. I'm Trey Torn. (laughs) I'm Celeste Star Twin. (laughs) I'm Shadow the Hedgehog playing Gen Proc. And this has been uh, Nerd and Tie. Remember, we're part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. There's a bunch of other shows on the network that you can check out. Uh, why not watch some episodes of Celeste's Best? Why not listen to Stormwood and Associates every Friday? Why not listen to Season 2 of The Meat Grinder? Why not listen to Let's Be Legendary? There's so much great stuff on the network. And you can find all of it at nerdandtie.com. Remember, you can always subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on uh, Google Podcasts, really anywhere that podcasts are distributed. And you should really get on that because um, it's cool. And if you could rate and review us on places like Apple Podcasts, it would really help us out in the algorithms. Tell us how much you love it. If you want to follow the show on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd and Tie. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Nerd and Tie. And you can follow us on Tumblr at Nerd and Tie.tumblr.com. Uh, remember, you can support the show financially by contributing to our legal fund at... Uh, supporting to our legal fund at... Uh, <laughs> gofundme.com i was playing the wrong song in the background uh, <laughs> there we go there's the actual end theme um you can support our legal fund at uh you can support our legal fund at gofundme.com slash nerd and tie or you can support us directly i have a uh, patreon at patreon.com slash t-r-e-g-o-r-n uh celeste has a patreon at patreon.com it's, it's still slash nikazumi still nikazumi for the time being still All right. figuring out and you can, uh, of course, uh, support Gen financially by buying stuff from Ocelot Dude Designs. And uh, the, they make neat stuff. And we make neat stuff. We all make neat stuff together. Because in your heart, in your mind, in the places where you are in the dark, all alone at night, just remember that somewhere out there, Tails is just a blacksmith. And nothing better, because apparently bullshit Sega. which is bullshit it's just it's bullshit hey, he'll and upgrade so you your to, talking you, sword you need to write your representative about what kind of <laughs> bullshit it is the tails has been relegated to an unnamed character like it's not even like a is there even a king arthur story where a blacksmith is heavily featured as a central character to I mean, the story yeah, they could have cast him like, as belvedere come on there's there's a lot of better character i I can't think of one offhand. There, there absolutely is because there's more of them than there are stars. But you know, I can't think of one offhand. Of people, there's tons of characters in the Sonic universe. Yeah, yeah, there are, and it's it's that you could have cast Tails as Guinevere. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that King Arthur and the Knights of Justice was less disrespectful to the King Arthur mythos than making a major character just the blacksmith. I don't think King Arthur and the Knights of Justice would have done that to Tails. In fact, actually, I think Tails needs to go join King Arthur and the Knights of Justice in the ultimate crossover. I need you to write your representatives, write Sonic Team at Sega, write, write Sega, and just instruct them that this needs to happen and they need to license... Uh, if, the, if not them, on AO3. Go, fanfic writers, uh-huh. go! Get we on need, it. We need the Sonic. And... So let's say your catchphrase. We're running out of end theme. Keep on spocking in the free world. 
and also again we need to write we need to write this one and be careful when googling yourself as a sonic character oh, oh God. no don't do it don't, don't do not do don't, that do not do it 